Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. The Big Guy Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with The Big Guy Ryback starts now welcome to conversation with the big guy ryback i am the big guy ryback and today i am joined in studio in person with ifbb figure pro she is a newbie rehab and training specialist you can find her at carlin underscore ifbb is that correct ifbb IFBB pro Pro. Mm -hmm. on ig botch and also 3pro.fit on ig Carlin Crouch, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Is this your first podcast? It is, totally. Everyone is Mike my first one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this now for two, almost three years. Three years in October, I believe. That's awesome. You wouldn't know, but I, it's very unprofessional and <laughs> very sad, but it's, a, it's I try really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're friends with someone we recently had on, or... Michelle Davis? Correct. Or are you acquaintance? You just met her. I just met her recently through another mutual friend. You must have made one hell of an impression on her because she messaged me and I think spelled your name wrong, which I should have been, that should have been the red flag that you guys just met, that I need to have you on this podcast. It's spelled wrong all the time, so that's okay. Carlin with a K and an E, just for everybody out there yes. listening. So you, you compete, correct? I do. What led you to that? What, what age did you start that? I have been competing since 2012, so seven years. How old are you? Am I allowed to ask? I don't, that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't again, care. I, I go against the norm on a lot of things <laughs> on this show. <laughs> I don't care. I'm 35, so I started later. I started 28. So. Okay. Is it is there a too late for fitness to get into that? I mean, no, but I feel like a lot of the girls these days are in their young, like 20s, early 20s. Do know. you see a lot of kids? Like, there's no competitions for kids, are there? Because like wrestling, well, like amateur, there is there are there is a team division. There is a team division now. In NPC, yeah. It's like with wrestling, there was never like re- there's wrestling schools now, like for pro wrestling for like little kids, and it's the most dangerous thing because of all the injuries. Oh, I can what, imagine. I've met like kids over in the UK for like signings. Their parents were so proud. The kids like had like legit severe neck injuries. I'm like the kid was 10, 11 years old, and there were multiple ones on one signing. I go, what's going on? Man. But I was curious on that because, like, if, if there's a way to make money, people will usually start. Yep. But, I mean, if a teen goes pro, they're going to compete in the open. So they're going to compete with yeah. everyone older than them. So. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it's, definitely. What led you to fitness? Like, what do you enjoy? What got you hooked into the fitness world? Um, I was going through a really hard time in life. And I was my happy place was the gym. And I just got involved with it and got, I loved lifting and I had someone approach me and ask me if I ever thought about competing at the time. I knew nothing about it. And I looked it up and I was like, Ooh, I want to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually started bikini and I competed in a couple of bikini competitions and then realized after I took about a year off and I did CrossFit that I put on too much muscle for a bikini. And You're a muscular woman. 
Yeah. <laughs> you look like you can. You look like you could be a WWE diva, perhaps. Do you ever get that? Is that? I don't. <laughs> it's always the first. <laughs> I have gotten asked um, if I'm related to Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Which she is now wrestling for the WWE. Yeah, someone, someone has. I have had on multiple occasions that I, I resemble her. Do you? Are you? Are you? Are you a tough woman? Would you say or? Pretty tough. I think I'm pretty tough. You got very serious when I asked that. I can tell in your eyes. <laughs> have you hit someone before? No, never. With the fitness, like I started working out when I was, I think, like 11, 12 years old. I just got hooked at a young age. I just love. For me, it's the the mental mm-hmm. thing, and obviously the physical. We all like. Right. Them. Exactly. But like, I noticed like when I would do like hard conditioning, or like when I do my conditioning for wrestling, I have a euphoric feeling for the rest of the day. Like, yeah, it makes you feel good. Like, like, that's I, what I, drove me into the gym through yeah. that that hard time in life. It was just like that's where I was feeling good. So it was like I continued, you know, on that track, and I decided to compete. And then when I put on enough muscle, and I put in, and I went into my first figure competition, stepping on that stage as a figure competitor was completely different than bikini. And I it was like, I felt home. Like, I was a more confident, I just, I have a more athletic build. I'm not a bikini girl by any means. No disrespect to them. They work yeah. very hard. But I just, I'm built more like a, more like an athlete. And for the like listeners, the bikini, the, the, the difference between the two is obviously the muscle definition, right. correct? Correct. And the amount of muscle you have. Bikini, because they, they want, they, they, for all the different divisions, they all have different looks correct. by the criteria and the judges that they, they look for. And you, you feel more at home in more figure. In the, in figure. Yeah. Definitely. Very interesting. You look like because you're an ass kicker. I think like it's just uh, <laughs> it's a weird thing. It's like guys like if you like to. I always tell people like just do what you like and yeah. like just if you you obviously you want to look a certain way. You like working out. Just do that. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. What's the difference dieting between bikini and and with figure? As uh, far as well, more calories. Yeah, I did not have my current coach when I was a bikini competitor. I switched to him right before I went into figure. And he he's actually one of the ones that convinced me to go to figure. And I've been with him now for four years. My coach is John Jewett, um, professional bodybuilder in the 212 division. And he actually convinced me to go figure. But when I was doing bikini, I was lower calorie lower carb I felt like with figure I'm eating more and then also during that peak week it's totally different because well from what I experienced um it may have been different had I had a different coach but my carbs were kept extremely low during peak week on bikini and then figure I have to fill out yeah so I have to eat carbs you know so what are your thoughts on that because I have different I've had uh Thomas DeLauer and Dr. Eric Berg and like keto specialist on here. Mm-hmm. And I have actually, me and Stan Efferding was just on last week and talking. And I, I've just recently switched more to the vertical diet, going back to carbs. Okay. Actually, a lot of white rice, which I never did before. I, that's a main source of carb for me. And I'm like back up to 300 pounds in like three or four weeks of training. And But I did keto um, for a prolonged period of time, like intermittent fasting. And I still do prolonged fasting. I'll do like a 24-hour fast once a week for health purposes. Mm-hmm. It just... Really, I, I really truly enjoy that and the mental aspect of that. But I found in having different tests done that doing keto, I don't process fats well. High fat specifically, I lost weight, but my body fat went up. And I never Keto's became not for everyone. Yeah. I didn't I could never get fat adapted. I got the keto meter. I did this damn keto meter for months 
and it was just showing it was I one time had a cheat day with carbs and had a higher register it registered higher on the keto meter than when That's I was hilarious. doing full-blown keto without eating just only eating a little bit of broccoli every day and salad and I was curious for you because different people I've talked to in the fitness what kind of diet works primarily best for you and have you tried different forms of diet um I have never we've never gone true keto I don't. don't think that I'm very well fat adapted. Whenever we've done a lower carb, we've never really done super high fats. Yeah. I've always been like moderate carb, moderate protein, moderate fat kind of, you know, but I do better on obviously higher protein. Yeah. Same. Moderate carb. I'm the same. And moderate fat. So my protein is usually know, probably 60%. Yeah. That's what I, I found for me, though, always having the higher end of the protein and controlling my carbs. I've always looked my best, especially in like when I, for me, and when I want to lean up, it would be I would just slowly drop my carbs and increase my, my conditioning and cardio. Yeah, that's exactly what my coach does. So when I'm prep, I'm meal prep every week yeah. for all my, all my meals that week. And I'll prep my protein and my veggies together and, s- and separate them out and keep my carb source separate because yeah. in prep, I'm checking in every three days, yep. but my food's already made. So if he changes, he changes carbs. Yeah. Like that's the main fats, but fats I just add in at the end anyways. Yeah. So that's easy for me to keep my carbs in bulk and then I can measure and adjust when he changes things, if it, whether he increases or decreases. I found too in doing that, that like I, the biggest thing that happened to me in, is I wasn't consuming the amount of calories that I needed because I couldn't, I took out a major source of my calories with right. carbs. And then when I did keto, and I was doing the super high fat with the avocados all the time. And I was like, I would try to convince myself, oh, it's going to kick in this, this fat that's accumulating on my sides that wasn't there. Like to this degree, it, my weight is down and my stomach is flattered. Like this is working. It shouldn't kick in any day. And that fat's just going to melt off because I'm going to be a fat burning machine. Never happened and whatnot. But my metabolism started slowing down and I started doing intermittent fasting, which for me was... I would, went all the way to not eating for 20 hours a day because I'll go full blown when I try stuff. I say, fuck it. I go all the way. Right. And like, I go, I need to know this for me. And I couldn't eat the calories that I needed in a four hour window because I need anywhere based off of different things, the talking to Stan and 4,500 to 5,000 calories easily a day just to kind of maintain my weight. And I was going down to like, 2,500 range. Oh my gosh, that's low. For but my weight Woo. stayed at like 285 during that, but I noticed, and then when I would eat carbs, I, I could just tell like my metabolism had slowed down. And then I said, after reading Stan's book, The Vertical Diet, I go, you know what? I'm just gonna, I always looked my best consuming carbohydrates. I never had health issues. Mm-hmm. And and I just switched back and I go, I'm gonna give myself a month and make my metabolism, I put on a little bit of weight, a little extra body fat. I know it's gonna rebalance doing that. And sure enough, that started happening. And like, I, but I feel energy wise, little extra pep in my step. Yeah. So I was just curious on, because it's, you talked, and I'm like, Stan's kind of like, whatever works for people. But exactly. I've also say like, if you look at the keto people and like, I know from being in shape and what I look like before that and how I look like on it and doing a lot of the same things, it didn't look the same mm-hmm. that a lot of the people that do lose weight on keto I don't think they know they're just because they're cutting their calories and they over ate before that we don't like I didn't we don't know what they could look like on another diet if they were following That's a similar true. calorie pattern. That's true. Where I have that reference for myself and like can go, I go, wait. 
and then putting the carbs back just muscles are fuller and oh yeah stronger work. i do much better in the gym on carbs yeah yeah i was working out on an empty stomach on 20 hour fast fasting for days sometimes and like yeah and i go but i got through it i would do these massive workouts but i didn't realize because i did that for so long that once i put carbs back in it was it was a real game changer I can't train fasted. I can do cardio, obviously, fasted, but I can I can't train fasted. I what, feel way too weak. What kind of training do you do? Like split wise? Yeah, just like in general, like, yeah. Like what? How, like what? Right now, um, rep range. Ever do you? Are you always mixing it up? Um, I have three different weeks. Well, no, I take that back. Three different workouts I do. I do legs, upper body, then I'm off a day. Okay. I do legs, upper body, then I'm off a day. But each, like, so I have three different, like, dates I rotate through. One's more glute-focused, one's more ham-focused, and one's more quad-focused. And then on my upper body, I have one that's more back-focused, one that's more shoulder-focused, and then one that's kind of a combo of both. Okay. Do you believe in overtraining? Absolutely. You do think it's possible? I do think it's possible. I had C.T. Fletcher on, and I talked, I'm going to go train with him. But I've, since I was a kid, I've done massive amounts of sets. And like, I'm, I'm very big, like I'm, I'm very honest with people. I did steroids mildly from 20 to 24 to get in when I got into WWE because it was, it was allowed, but it was before the drug testing right. and whatnot. And then I was on, went on TRT at 28 and I've been on that ever since and just stay in the normal healthy ranges and get accused of it all the time. But like, I'm just very, very health and fitness oriented for me and whatnot, but I've always done massive, like, like I did the other, I do 40 to 50 set workouts. Do you think that's too much? A combo? Like No, I'll do like back fifty sets. And like it's but I've always I'm three hundred pounds, I'm six foot two and so that's like five exercise ten sets. I don't ever get sick. I haven't been sick in like eight or nine years. So um, my I mean it I it depends. I guess it it's depending on the person, I think. Because yeah. CT does crazy sets on his arms. And the man arguably has the largest arms of for is in yeah. proportion to his body. So I don't, but like over, I believe like in running overtraining, like the immune system and like for like yeah. endurance athletes, like that's a thing. Like that happens. So I'm always curious. I just think like, I guess more like so in overtraining, like there's a point I feel like when you're in the gym, if you're in there for two hours, I feel like that's too long. I feel like there's a point where you're going to stop. Your body's going to stop. Like, yeah responding and you're just going to go into this like you're not burning fat anymore you're yeah. just you're just kind of burning the candle at both ends yeah on what you're burning in the gym no it's it's a, it's a very fair point i think too because i'm not training at my maximum weight right now as far as intensity wise because of the injuries i've had yeah that i just do more volume so mine like i'll have one major exercise on each of my lifts that i hit for a lower rep range so i'll hit a max of like six and then I drop the weight a little bit and I do a max of like eight and then that those are like my work sets yeah then not including my warm-up sets so my warm-up sets are lower and a little bit higher yep. reps so that's like and then other like accessory work is a higher rep range usually like yeah 12 to 15. Do you have a weak body part that you would say because everyone always has well my critique was to bring up my glutes and hams so I've been targeting it once a week using the newbie and then which we can talk about yeah and then also that's why I hit glutes and hams separately. I mean, obviously, there's some ham work with the glute day and some yeah. glute work with the ham day, but more concentrated. And those are double versus quads is only one because we brought my quads up, which was actually a critique the previous year. Okay. So my quads were. What's the best butt exercise, do you think? If you had to pick one. The biggest change I saw was when my coach put glute bridges, barbell. 
Is that the, just with the... The, the bar across yeah, doing it. Yeah, I do that. I got the yep. little pad out there I do too. Yep, that is the biggest change I saw in my glutes. So what do you think about if you go into the gym and see a guy like on the ass blaster? Does that make you giggle? Because you just giggled. Just... <laughs> Well, what uh, the ass blaster? Let's see, which machine would that be? The the kickbacks, the machine okay. kickbacks, the butt. Well, it's a butt blaster. The yeah. correct term, ass blaster, is a little. I think that's something else. The butt blaster. Um, the kickbacks. I mean, I've always been a fan of those. I feel the cable kickbacks are very good. I do those out there, my gym. To yeah. really target that glute, as long as you're not over hyperextending and using your low back, yeah. and you're just isolating that glute. It's a great exercise, and I've really nailed that that uh, exercise down, and I feel it so much more on my glutes now. I don't, know, don't see many guys doing those, though. I don't think. Unfortunately, I uh, it's, it's stick out like a sore thumb when I do it. It's for total body development. Right. I do like have hand grips. I do. I just did my hand grips today. I do little finger. I got bands for my fingers. Like I go, I work out every muscle. Like I've done this That's since. Interesting. Yeah, if you know, good hand development. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, no, but I got the other machine for my gym out there. The, um, I can't remember the name of it now. I just got it a few months ago. The one that we were, you were walking in, it's the, you put the straps and you, it's for your low back too, but it's great for your glutes as well. I can't remember the name to save my life, but it was the one as you walked in. I don't know if you saw it. It was mm -hmm. the one closest to the door that I had. I think I had something sitting on it, but that has done me, uh, that's worked really well. That and wall squats mm -hmm. facing the wall teaching you to break your hips. Mm -hmm. And I sit in a chair. I do 50 to 100 of those every day to work on my squat form and whatnot. But Yeah, not leaning forward too much either. Yeah, well, you can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, the wall squats, obviously. you can't cheat your form. It teaches you how to break your hips. Yeah. That was from Andrew Locke. Like, that's what doing this show. I've got to talk to like all these just experts in different areas sure, and just pick their brain. They've literally put me back together. And it's taken a few <laughs> years and 14 stem cell procedures, but here I am smiling and pain-free now. So there you go. And hopefully go back to wrestling. So we brought you here, as much as I love to talk about fitness and everything, we are to talk about this newbie device yes. and for the listeners out there, because Michelle had introduced us and said that you'd be great for this show. And as soon as I saw this newbie device, which for the people listening, it's not a TENS unit, but it looks, there's similar properties. Right. Don't hit me. Don't hit it's me. Okay. And it's similar, but it's not. It's not. neuromuscular reeducation. Yes. And then I was I was looking up a little bit of information on this and saw Ben Greenfield, who's been on Joe Rogan's show numerous times, and that he promotes this. Yep. I instantly became interested in this for my ankle and leg injury where the nerves never regrew into my big toe. But for the listeners, can you explain what the newbie device is? Yeah. Absolutely. In a nutshell. <laughs> So, and then get ready for a bunch of dumb questions from me. It's but. okay. So basically, it's similar to a TENS unit, but it's different at the same time. It uses a DC current, which is a direct current, versus your typical TENS unit will use an AC current, which is an alternating current. That alternating current forcefully causes a muscle contraction. Yep. So it does nothing to create that neuromuscular re-education. So when you have an injury, like that can be damaging because the last thing you want to do is shorten and contract that tissue. So we, this newbie device sends the DC current, which is mimicking the same signal your brain sends to your muscle to lengthen, and we can just amplify that signal. So this allows the muscles to relax and to get blood flow in there, nutrients partitioned there to promote healing. So 
Um, the tens works. units don't promote healing. Correct. Okay. They do not promote healing. Which everyone uses. There, and I've been to so many rehab clinics, and they've used them on my shoulder, on yeah. my leg. I have oh, yeah. like five different ones probably throughout the house. And I mean, this has been known for a while, but it's just overlooked, I'd say. Yeah. And there's not many DC current devices out there. I mean, this is all new too, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, like around eight, eight, nine, ten year probably period. Right. They've been in business about that long. Yeah. So as opposed to working with the motor units and causing contractions, we work with the sensory signal of the nervous system. So it promotes healing, promotes the lengthening signal. So when you're looking for like hot spots, there's a scan process that we can do. So when someone comes to me with pain, like you would come with me with your foot. You mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, I would do a scan of your of the area and the... Like a Terminator scan? like <laughs> It's a scan. It's like a foam pad, sponge pad okay. that hooks on one end. And I would scan your whole leg, you know, with the issue. And anywhere that that current, like, intensifies, that's the body fighting back at the signal and contracting against it because the area shut down and it's not yes. accepting the signal. This you is should, my issue. Right. You should literally be able to scan your whole... In a perfect world with a perfect body... Nobody's been able to do this. You can scan your whole body and that signal doesn't get intense anywhere because you're all neurologically correct. Your nerves are firing correct everywhere. Unfortunately, as a pro wrestler, that's not going to be the case right. for me. There's probably many dead spots. The worst one is on my shoulders, <laughs> unfortunately. So when I would scan and find like these hot spots, I would tell you, like, let me know you know, when the current intensifies when I go over an area and it will, it will intensify on an area or goes away. That's one thing that some people don't always realize. If that all of a sudden the signal disappears and it's, it's numb. Yes. Numbness, which I'm that's an issue you... too, because that means there's nothing there and you can't even feel the current. So I could turn it up to, cause the machine goes from zero to hundred. Okay. So I could turn it up to hundred on you and you probably still wouldn't feel it. Yeah. So that's another area we would want to like look at. And this machine can actually improve this neurological connection. Correct. So I would, after finding your hot spots, I'd put electrodes on those areas and then we would move through the current different range of motion movements, body weight movements. And what that does is it re-educates the muscles and sends signal back to the brain, know, letting you know, your body know it's okay to move there again yeah. and like opening up the pathways again. So think of your nervous system like a garden hose. Best analogy I've ever I've heard is in, you know, we have these kinks. Well, water yep. can't get through a garden hose when it's kinked. So what this does is it straightens out the garden hose. It Which is what out. my nerves never reconnected to the big toe tendon because they got jammed up probably the growth process and yeah. they can grow in any direction also, which is a whole other issue. But this yeah. is so, this is like what I've been waiting for since I've <laughs> injured my ankle and I tell myself I'm going to regain I'm function of my big to toe. i you on it. I know it'll help you. Like I'm, I firmly believe that because we're going to do this at some point. When you have more time, I want to see if you make my big toe move again. Like this is going to be, I'm, I don't, I can't express. <laughs> we might you. have to film that, like actually. No, I will film the whole, the whole thing because yeah. if you make the big toe, I have footage of my big toe not working, like before the stem cells too. Yeah. That we went because they injected the stem cells into my ankle to hopefully try to get trigger some some growth regrowth of those those nerves into that thing, and it, it's only been two and a half months since the thing, but yeah. it hasn't happened. Yeah, but it's limited my athletic abilities. So that's, and I'm curiously from a muscular standpoint, you're like, these are in rehab places now, correct? Correct. Um, they're in different PT offices and chiropractic offices across the US. It, it has two aspects. So there's the rehab and then there's also the training, the hypertrophy aspect of it. So I saw that. We can get you, 
doing about a third less the weight in about half the amount of time that you would do a typical exercise and give you about, would you get results of what you would be up probably doing like twice that long in the gym. And I saw, because I saw on your Instagram, you you train people specifically. Yeah. This is what you do. Right. Do you do anything on the rehab end of it too? Absolutely, I do both. You do both. I have to be careful on the rehab end. Some of those clients don't want to be posted. So I do post more training clients. Yeah. Most of my rehab clients are in their home because I'm mobile, so I can come yeah. to you for rehab. And I've, a lot of them have asked. They, they don't want to be posted about, so I don't. But I've had great success. I had a guy who had a neurological issue on one side of his body and his range of motion. I mean, when he would go up, like his arm was like out here and his other one was up. Yeah. And by the time I was done, he was like this. Wow. Like completely. I get in one session. I gained back his range of motion. What? How long is one session typically? Does it depend on the That person? was his first session. So the first session is usually about an hour long because yeah. you do the scan. You don't yeah. have to do the scan every single time. And then the follow-up sessions for rehab are about 45 minutes. On the training side, usually about 45 minutes. Really? For a training side. Now, how often, because I saw that like with people working out all hooked up and mm-hmm. stuff. Now, that's not, like if I'm working out, I personally wouldn't want to be hooked up all the time working right. out. But so, but. How often is this being done? Like with the people that see, do they do it once a week or is it for a weak body part? Is it? I do a lot of bodybuilders. Yeah. So a lot of them are targeting their weak body parts. It's definitely for the general public. I do have clients that aren't bodybuilders that use it too, that just want to work on certain areas. Yeah. I have a guy who has had trouble with his legs because he's had bad knees and he hasn't been able to grow his legs. So he's using it on his legs like once a week or once every other week. Yeah. And he's like, I can tell like back when I go back again and do legs on my own, like my my mind muscle connection is so much better. Really? Like after just training once with you with that, because it's reeducating your brain. So, you know, when you're going through those movements and you're working out, we're engaging those muscles at maximum capacity because anywhere those electrodes are placed during your workout, you're getting close to 100% muscle fiber recruitment. Because I saw that on the thing, because you posted, because when we work out, we're not typically getting 100% right. motor recruitment, correct? Right. I mean, you can't on your own. It's not possible. It's not possible. You, oh. can, get, you can get, typically it's average person's about 40%. If you're an elite level athlete that's very fine-tuned, you could probably get up to 60%. Okay. But that's, Yeah. So training with this at someone, and if an elite athlete is training and using this, they can really, truly yeah. elevate themselves. Absolutely. And it's it's funny because I'll have people be like, well, I'd be very sore. Like, that seemed like a quick workout. I'm like, just wait. Like, don't do anything else because you're going to be extremely sore. You, so there is increased soreness with this. Cause... Oh, yeah. It's a deep soreness. Like, I, the way I best describe it is it's a soreness to the bone. Like, really? Can't remember the first time you worked out ever yeah. in your life. How sore I don't get you sore hardly ever. <laughs> I've had the people tell have, me that. I might have. Yeah, <laughs> just I'm wait. just the typical client. Like, oh, I'm not going to feel anything. <laughs> do you have a lot of uh, bodybuilders that are, or any bodybuilders to like? Do you say Ben Pulaski? Ben Pikulski. Pikulski, I can't. Yeah, Pulaski. he has one at my 40 gym. We had him on it back when I was with New Fit headquarters. In Austin, we were up at Destination, and we saw Ben up there, and he got interested in it when he saw us up there. And then, I mean, Derek Lunsford has used okay. it out of MI40. My coach, John Jewett, has a machine. He uses it. Uh, Brad Rowe. Do they sell, so do they sell home versions for people, too, or is it it's more? It's the same device. You can purchase it for personal use. So the public can, because sometimes you can't get things unless you go through certain things. This can be purchased. It can can people like, purchase it from you as well, too, or no? Yes. I do work with um, Bio Enhancement Technologies on selling the devices. So 
I can definitely get people in the right direction. Are we allowed to ask how much they are or no? Is that something to do to inquire with you for pricing? <laughs> it's, I'll just say it's affordable. I mean, if you, as long as you have a business built, there's a leasing option that you can actually lease the machine for a little bit and like send it back. Like if you just have an issue you wanted to work on. Oh, really? So that's very, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's affordable, but it's also. Okay. I would be, so, because I'm actually tomorrow, because I hired a videographer, because I'm starting, when I started Feed Me More Nutrition, mm -hmm. I haven't been able from the beginning, because I was nearly crippled, I wanted to be doing workout videos for my supplements, right, because I was always known for my, how I look and intensity, and I couldn't do that the whole time I've done my supplement thing, and finally, my health is finally to the point now I can start training a month ago really hard, and we're going to be recording my workouts all throughout doing one here, but going to be going to different gyms. We should do something with the newbie mm -hmm. for Ryback TV. Cause that thing is, it's starting to grow pretty quick here. Mm -hmm. in, for, I think we've about four months, like 125,000 people. And hopefully we'll hit a million eventually here in the year. That's, awesome. that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, Jay Cutler TV has had it on Brad Rowe on it. Cause yeah. he trains. Has Jay done it? Jay has not gotten on it yet. I'll do it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, he knows about it. I've talked to my Seamit city too. But, I mean, Brad trains uh, Stan, Stanimal, at the Gold's Gym in Venice. He also trains Dexter Jackson there, yep. Sean Roden. So they've all been on the new view machine. And if you see that post that I know Brad posted, Dexter's the difference in his legs because he primarily used it really? through his Olympia prep for his legs. Insane, the difference. And he's older, too. For mm -hmm. To make progress at an older age is very rare. Yes. And that's why it stood out so much to people. Are you the only one in Vegas doing this right now? I am. I'm the only machine in Vegas. Really? Yes. And where, so what gym do you primarily train out of? Do you, or you, do you bounce around everywhere? Um, I, I don't really get into very many gyms because, like, corporate gyms I can't get yeah, into. Yeah, like an LVAC, you're right. not going to be able to. Right. But I train out of City Athletic Club. And then I have a couple clients that I see at the Lift Factory as well. What are your thoughts? The gym scene in Vegas is... I've been born and raised here, and like, there's a lot of gyms here now. There are. Like, this yeah. is, a, I've traveled the world and been, I dare say, Vegas might have, and maybe, and I'm not going to speak of the world, but just in the United States, we might have the most gyms. I there don't, are quite a few, and there's a lot of little private ones. That's what I'm, like, those yeah. are popping up everywhere. Because I remember the Lift Factory, I haven't been there yet, but that, I used to go to the 24-hour fitness there, there used to be one on Rainbow and Cheyenne. I was working out there since I was a little kid mm -hmm. at that one. And then I saw that lift factory right across. I saw a long, many years, I go, hardcore gym. And then on Instagram, I saw. It's like a Metroflex style. Yeah. It is. It's old school. But it's a lot of people train out of there now. Yeah. I know that, that place has actually grown because before nobody was hardly ever in there yeah. when it first started. And then I just thought it was one of those, oh, somebody started a gym and there's a lot of those and they kind of don't really do a lot of business. But that one got busy. Yeah. In like Vegas, I was like, so. They're cool with you doing this stuff in there then. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to record in there then. I'm going to have to go swing down there because that's what I need gyms to go. I don't want to always just train here mm -hmm. at those. And like LVAC is with video cameras always and stuff. Packed. And it's packed. And they're really, I know the head trainer, Lindsay, there. And they're always really cool. But only thing about uh, the lift factory is very hard to maneuver with that cart because it's kind of crowded. Like the equipment, it's a lot easier to maneuver city. Is it really? With the newbie. I've been to the I've been to City a couple times. That place, because it's just so far away from me, but that's a that's a nice place over there. Yeah. That used to be a twenty were you here when it was a twenty four hour fitness? I was not, but I've heard. Yeah, that's a <laughs> I used to go there occasionally when it was a twenty four hour fitness and then 
I remember I went, it was a few years ago, and uh, because Jay, the, Jay's the owner, Jay Jung, Jay yeah. Jung, yeah, mm -hmm. they wanted me to do, it was right when I left WWE, and I was, it was, I was fucked up. Back <laughs> and shoulder, I couldn't do anything. It's when all my, I needed a five disc fusion and a shoulder replacement. Right. That's, and he wanted me to compete and do things for the thing against like Kai and these guys. Oh, that super league. Yeah. And yeah. I go, buddy, I go, I, I, and I was trying to get everything started with, like, I was busy and I was just finishing writing my book. I go, I'm in no condition to do that. <laughs> that was the end of it. And he was like, well, I'd love to have you. I go, I can't fucking lift right now. I'm like doing light machine stuff at that. And I'm in so much pain, but that was, what about muscular wise for this newbie? Like someone like for me with a back situation, is this with muscular pain? And this is something that could be used for all different ailments. For sure. Yeah. So I have, I mean, on the rehab side, if people come to me that just have like typical lower back pain, like I stand on my feet all day, by the end of my work day, my back is killing me. Like, can you help me? Sure. Absolutely. And we just search, same thing, search your lower back and find the hot spots and do some different exercises. And it's just, it's the muscles aren't working properly to engage their fatiguing yeah. too quick, you know? So depending on what the root cause of the problem is, that's what we work with. We work with the root cause. So how many sessions wise for people, is this something that if somebody it's dependent on their situation, like if somebody's in, you know, my shoulder, for instance, and I'm going through shoulder rehab and doing, is this something that you do for four sessions, 10 sessions, or depend, some people I'd imagine like to just do it like a week body part once a week. Is, so, how often do you see patients for this or people for this? So on the training side, it, it just varies depending on how many how many sessions people want to do a week. One client, I see her two to three times a week. Another client, I only see him once every two weeks. So it just depends on the person on the training side. On the rehab side, it also does, but it depends on how, like, how long the injury is. Yeah. Like if it's something you've been dealing with for five years. Yeah. I've had one of the fighters on Julian Marquez, and he's had frozen shoulder in – I know we're all on the right spots because his arm is dead. Yeah. So the fatigue is telling me we're in the right areas. We're firing the right muscles, but he's not progressing as fast as that other gentleman that I had the range of motion happen so quick because Julian's been dealing with the muscle, the frozen shoulder issue for a longer time. So it just depends. But typically, I mean, if it's a fairly new injury that you've been dealing with, then I would say like three to five sessions, like every like three days or so, yeah. three or four days. Because we want the pain, like the soreness to wear off yep. and you to feel good. And then if that, the old pain or the old range of motion starts coming back, that's when you want to nip it and like get right back in for another session so we can like attack yeah. it again. Because the more times you come, the more times we can re-educate and get. Yep. Yeah. It's consistency. Exactly. Is there a repetition? Have, have you had anyone yet with that, that, have, that has tried this that just didn't like it? Is it no. the result have been pretty good yeah. with everybody? I, anyone I've put on the machine has loved it. I mean, I haven't had anyone that's been like, this isn't for me. <laughs> so what's the typical, like the length of the, how long do you, with the current, is the current typically running when you're doing it? Is it just dependent again on whether it's a training so on session? The, that's... Yeah. On the rehab side, it's usually about 30 minutes. Okay. Well, that we actually have the current on you because we do some muscle testing and manipulation too. Yep. But the... On the training side, I mean, the current's on you the whole time. Now, there's different settings on the device. So the f we can fire at 500 pulses per second, yep. which is the rehab setting. So that's about 250 times what your brain can send it. Because oh, wow. your brain sends that signal about two pulses per second. Okay. 
So it's so much current to the muscle that all the muscle can do is just relax and lengthen. Like, it's just like it can't fight it. Yeah. So. And that allows healing to take place. Exactly. And then when we're hypertrophy training, the setting goes down to slower. So it knocks it down to 55 pulses per second. So it's a slower current, but it's allowing you to rip through that contraction harder. This is so interesting, too. Which causes muscle building. Why the TENS units even... If they, they, they cause the, the muscle, like I've, I'm a big believer and I always talk about like the world, there's a good way to make money in a bad way. Unfortunately, a lot of people just try to make money and whether something works or doesn't work. And right. if there's an opportunity to make money, sometimes it might not be the best thing for us. And I don't think that was ever ill-intentioned possibly. Yeah. No. But is there now, is there research coming out now with this on the, on the AC current and DC current or no? Have they, because it is very new research typically takes. Yeah. And to, well. I mean, the base studies, I believe, are out there on the, the different current and the differences in the current and what yeah. promotes what. This isn't just some made-up thing. is Because yeah, people not. are always skeptical. Is right. what, that's, that's why I want to actually use it. Because right. like, I'm a big believer in a lot of this stuff. Right. right. The actual studies, though, are being done like on the rehab side. Like we're doing blind studies. So we're having two controlled clients like that have had their knee replacements and they're at the same PT facility, but they're doing a control study with one not using the newbie and the other group using the newbie and seeing how fast they're recovering, how much faster they're recovering so we can have the blind study. Have they had any of that? Is that anything come out on that yet? Or Nothing's come out yet. Okay. But we they know are. we've done it. I'm mean, Trent From Dilfer, personal experience, just yeah, seeing, yeah. Trent Dilfer had his knee replaced and he rehabbed. Was it the football player for mm-hmm. the, I used to love, yeah. yeah. I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, he was in our uh, facility in Austin and he, I mean, was rehabbed half the time. His doctor really? was so blown away by it that his doctor came to see us. No, did yeah. the doctor purchase a thing or no? Did just well, wanted... he rehabbed his own, he had a knee replacement too, so he yeah. came there for rehab as well. So people even that have replacements, on the or using it and get making progress. Yeah, yep, for a hundred percent. Because there's a lot You're of getting your your range of motion back, your movement back quicker. Because it's it's just everything. It's relaxing the muscle creates blood flow, allows for optimal healing. Yeah, because when you when you injure that or surgery, you're yeah. cutting through. You're causing more trauma. Exactly. Yep. You're causing trauma to the area, and our flight or flight response is to shut down, tighten up. You know, inflammation. Exactly. And that's what happened to like my shoulder when it. I had all my cartilage from cortisone got eaten away and I was told I needed a replacement and a lot of muscle atrophy started all around that and different little areas and whatnot. But when I would work out like and it would get grinding, I would get the inflammation, which would cause massive tightness, limited range of motion, which caused more muscle atrophy. This was like a year, took years for this to happen. And that's what now, and I'm working with all these things, doing all this muscular stuff on areas that got weakened with Andrew Luck. But this thing interests me because I'm like, this thing can really help me on areas on my scapula that have been weakened. That while I'm doing this rehab stuff, caused me to probably speed this shit up way quicker. Yeah. So I just recently have been rehabbing myself. My right shoulder, all my rotator cuff muscles completely shut down because I was having a bunch of shoulder pain. I'm like, what is going on? They weren't firing properly. For me, it's very hard to put, obviously, the electrodes on my back. Kind of hard to reach your back. You're so muscular. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. It's just hard for anyone unless I, I you're can't. really limber to yes. actually put these legs. My right on your arm, back. I can't really put behind I, my back right now. Yeah. Really, yeah. It's not like I, yeah. So I was using it and rehabbing my shoulder, and now I'm like less pain because I was starting to get like zingers down my arms, yep. like nerves. That's so scary. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm like, it was down both arms. So I'm like, what the heck? And I, I just, I got on the machine and I haven't had the pain now for, it has been about a week. That's incredible. Yeah. Is, is there anything with the newbie? Cause I know you do have to run across town here shortly. Is there anything with the newbie that I'm not, that I've left out or you, that you would like people to understand and know about it? No, we... I don't think so. Then where can they, as far as getting out contacting you, yeah. is there, what's the best place for that? Instagram, I get a lot through there. Okay. So my business is 3pro.fit. And then my website is also www.3pro-fit.com. Okay. There's a contact form on there and my uh, business line is on there as well. So what is it? Do the P stand for something? The, the three P's? It is. It's um, purpose, passion, progress. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Good deal. And now everyone I have on here, I always ask Carlin one piece of advice that has helped you the most in your life. Cause I'm eventually going to cut all the motivational pieces of advice and put it on a, a YouTube video for just a massive inspiration piece, like three hours long. If you had to just pick one thing that has helped you the most in your life for the listeners that's helped you, whether it's mindset, it could be anything. It is totally mindset, like switching to a positive mindset. And anytime you think a negative thought, like replace it, like stop it immediately and replace it with something positive. I'm a big Christian, so I obviously do a lot of praying and stuff. And I just, it's automatically something that if I get negative thoughts in my mind, I know those, those are like self either thought or coming from somewhere else. It's not something that God sends. So it's just like realigning myself and, you know, keeping that positive mindset. I really switched gears um, my whole prep before I went pro. And it was just, I had this, I had a positive mindset and I saw myself winning my pro card visually every single day. Like I saw myself stepping on that stage. I saw myself winning that pro card. And I believe like if you see it and you speak it, you believe it and it'll come to fruition. Like, absolutely. So yeah, just the staying in a positive mindset. And it's sad to see like how much negativity there is out there and how many people can get sucked down into that. Yes. And I mean, the world is a dark place and if you stay in there, you're going to breed it and it's going to come to you. But if and you flip to that positive mindset, yes. you're going to attract that positivity. Tony Robbins, energy grows where focus goes is right. different versions of that. But that's what like Napoleon Hill always having a positive mental attitude more times than not. But I think the key to, and what you said is being consciously aware of our thoughts because mm-hmm. we all have negative thoughts. We live in a negative society. We live in a negative world. Yep. A lot of different things. There's a lot of great out there. But sometimes the negativity is pushed on us. And if we catch ourselves and become conscious of what's actually going on, we could shift out of that quicker exactly. and make progress much quicker than I know when I first came across the book, The Secret, I was very negative at that point in my life. And that book was what made me conscious of my thoughts, which my entire life changed at 25 years old from that point on. So yep. I love it. Well, Carlin, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate yes, your time. You're welcome. My pleasure. And I look forward to using that newbie device with you. Yeah. Very soon. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy Ryback, and I want to tell you guys about this exciting new company I'm working with. Recently, I've been dealing with pain in both my back and shoulder, as you know, and other areas of the body. 
Recently, I've been doing the stem cell therapy here in the United States, but I decided I wanted to take my recovery up a notch. And that's when I came across a stem cell facility located in Medellin, Colombia, called BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the global leader in stem cell therapy. They offer a state-of-the-art medical facility with the ability to treat patients with tens of millions of active adult stem cells to help them recover from injury and major medical complications. BioAccelerator currently offers treatments for a variety of conditions ranging from orthopedic injury, spine and disc injury, chronic pain, ED, and even severe autoimmune disease. BioAccelerator also has something for you men and women out there who are looking to stay in the game and keep yourself looking young and feeling youthful. Ask about their anti-aging and rejuvenation treatments as well. I will be tracking my progress as I go through the treatment, as you guys have seen with BioAccelerator, and giving you, the audience, updates as I heal and overcome these injuries on my journey back to the ring. If you or someone you know suffers from a life of pain or complications due to a major medical condition, join the likes of UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, WWE stars like Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio, and myself. You can contact BioAccelerator directly, guys. Ask for my personal friend, David Truitt, he's the one who has reached out to me and helped me from the very beginning. He will help you through the consultation process with the same level of care and expertise as he did for me. Start your path to wellness and become a BioX man or BioX woman today at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback Reeves. That's BioAccelerator. B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good Pizzas and Enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. All right, we are back. We have Raj Geary with Wrestling Inc. here with this week's Wrestling Report. Raj, how you doing? Good, good. It's been a wild week. Uh, how about how about yourself? Hanging and banging, just going, going hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, every week is a wild week. I feel like in, in pro wrestling right now. Yeah, by the time it's Thursday, it feels like it's Friday now. Just like so much has happened by then that when Friday comes, I'm just I'm just, just kills you. Friday's like the beginning <laughs> of the week now for with the SmackDown. It's like everything's right. offset with that. Like I'm not. I'm weird. Like Tuesday, I'm like, oh, there's no wrestling on tonight. And then like Wednesday is now becoming a wrestling night and it's it's just throwing a wrench in everything. Yeah, absolutely. And then this week, tons of news. The big news, of course, was Eric Bischoff, who had just uh, started with WWE in June, was announced at the end of June that he had signed with the company, uh, become an employee uh, to become the executive director of SmackDown. 
has been let go. Uh, Bruce Pritchard, uh, who has been with the company uh, since earlier this year, uh, has replaced him. So Bischoff fired. It happened that morning and the, he was let, let go. They informed people Pritchard took over. So, yeah, it was uh, came awfully fast. And I guess, yeah, I don't know, obviously not being there and whatnot, but Eric, you know, he was essentially on the outside and being brought in. Bruce was already had been there for a, a bit again and obviously had worked with Vince closely, you know, many years ago and been a was very at the core of that the WWE brand for many, many years. Eric, I think I don't know, you know, what happened or whatnot. It's I think it would be tough. He's been out of the he was out of the game for quite some time and then getting back in and with the, with today's talent and the way things the business model of WWE is entirely different than what it was back when they were competing with WWE and his time in WWE he was there for probably as some of that started to kind of slowly shift business model wise but um as long as he's happy and and I I, I don't really know what to say about the situation cuz I don't know what if they're what could have caused it? Do they have any speculation on, on what the exact reasoning was? Yeah, it just seemed like he, he was just a bad fit. Like he, uh, you know, Paul Heyman, basically, since he's been brought in, has kind of been like a head booker. And, you know, Bischoff, when he was in WCW, he was never the head booker. He always had people booking Ke yeah. Kevin Sullivan, Kevin Nash. And he was more coming up with new ideas for the company, you know, going to Sturgis for a pay-per-view. Yeah. and. You know, that stuff doesn't go with WWE. WWE is very formulaic. They're not, you know, going out of the box for a pay-per-view or, you know, anything like that. So yeah. it seemed like it just wasn't a right fit. He wasn't, you know, an asset creatively with today's environment. You know, I personally always enjoyed Bischoff on commentary. I wouldn't mind, it's not saying as a commentating role for the show, but on the panel with those, I, I think that gives you a different feel not just having wrestlers on there and whatnot. You have Bischoff. He always, I always just enjoyed him personally in that. And uh, cause he, I think he does have a good on air screen presence and it just, if that's the case and it wasn't that role they put him in. And Paul obviously has been in that with WWE for, for many, many, many years and knows the inner workings of that. And it's again, in dealing with Vince and we saw, you know, with road dog doing different things and having the stress that that could cause and, and Eric financially, I would imagine, is okay. And if you don't need the money necessarily, you're, you're probably not going to be prone to put up with a lot of the bullshit that does go on. And it's not worth the stress of trying to creatively come up with stuff and then being told it needs to change and or them not liking it and you trying different things. And just it's a very stressful position because at the end of the day, you're not the one making the final call. So I could see it just with him in today's model and and I don't know Eric personally. I think I've only met him once, and, and it was simply a hello on an airplane. It just He's probably far better off not being in that role from a health standpoint, so I'm happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that this was related, but uh, this did. the news did come out a day after the final SmackDown viewership numbers were in. A huge drop, 26% from yeah. the debut, dropped to 2.877 million viewers. And that was for a draft edition. And the draft is usually one of the highest rated shows of the year. Yeah. Uh, the draft, I think most people will say that it, it sucked. <laughs> And it, I think it showed Raw also draft edition and that dropped as well to 
2.87 million viewers, which was down 2% from last week. Again, uh, a draft edition, it should be higher. So ratings down this week, and we'll get to AEW and, and NXT here in a second. But your thoughts on this year's draft? And gosh, and then also Triple H had promised a blockbuster trade yeah. on the new WWE show backstage. And when they announced it, it was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross going back to SmackDown. They had just been drafted yeah. to Raw. So a lot of people upset about that. So the problem is, is they, and I don't know if they planned on doing the draft or now they're dealing with the networks and the networks are making demands. So they got to make the best of it. So this has been so watered down the draft and everything's been, it's been done. Then it's kind of been like blurred by having people cross over to the show, different shows. And so the problem is, is then all of a sudden you're trying to make this draft seem important but nobody really knows anything on what's going on with the rosters anyways. And it's been done so many times already now. It's not like it was like the first draft where it was a blockbuster thing with guys going to different brands. Cause it was the first time it happened. We've seen this time and time and time again, it's just thrown together. It's done for as a ratings ploy now, rather than a true, true thing where it's not like Roman Reigns has been on raw for five years. And now him going to SmackDown is a major move. It's, we see these guys on both the shows. So then when they say, oh, they're just going to Raw, now they don't. Even, people don't even believe it because it, the wild card thing that comes in temporarily, the networks can say two weeks from now, yeah, that draft was kind of a thing. We, you know, we, want, we, want, we want the Fiend on Raw, and then we want him on SmackDown too, and now they're doing it to appease the networks. Nothing makes sense. So this is the problem where you don't hold your storylines together People lose faith, lose excitement. So then when you do do something that you want them to react to, they're just blah. It's not. There's no emotion behind it because they've overplayed it. They've they've watered down the system. They've printed they've printed money with no backing for too long that they're now dealing with years and years of mistakes. And these repercussions are showing themselves. These mistakes they've made time and time again are showing themselves now. And they're being reflected in the ratings and, and the feedback from people. As far as the Triple H thing and the blockbuster trade, I don't really, I don't know what people were expecting. Same theory on that. It's all been watered down. No matter who they could have said, they could have switched it because Roman's on SmackDown, right? Uh, yeah. They could have said Roman Reigns is going to Raw. It would have been lackluster because it's, yeah. again, that what I just said. So it, they, they paint themselves in a corner with this. And it, again, now they're dealing with the networks. So it makes it even harder to even hold on to storylines or anything going on. And to your point where you're talking about things watered down, also no one is that larger than life star anymore. They don't make anyone a larger than life star to where if you do a, a switch, it, it feels like a big deal. Yep. Uh, I just know if I was watching this draft with my friends uh, that don't watch wrestling, they would find it cheesy, you know, with, with the control room and people yes. throwing confetti, at, you know, and, and it was just so fake and contrived and it, it was just corny. I so and I'm very I could sit back and watch and understand it from an entertainment standpoint. And I, I, I don't disagree with you on watching <laughs> the boardroom thing with the executives. I it, it seemed very it seemed like they were doing it to pop themselves to be as hokey as possible and really, really horrible acting at that. So my thing, they were trying to make this draft seem so legitimate and serious. Those boardroom segments made it a complete joke, if you ask me, based off how they were acting. So, I mean, if you saw how they were, if they were acting like that for an NFL trade, it would look cheesy. You'd be like, what, you know, what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> it would red flags instantly. So, and I do, and I got to say this, and this is something I noticed. I truly believe Fox, and this is just my opinion. 
I believe they are making a mistake trying to use the NFL to plug SmackDown because none of those guys, and, and Raj, you might notice this, I could tell you 100% for a fact, the majority of those guys don't respect wrestling and they think it's a joke. The way they talk about old wrestlers because they don't know who any of today's guys are, it looks horrible for the WWE brand and it looks like a mockery. And they're all, it, to me, I could watch, it looks like they're being forced by the Fox executives to try to promote WWE and they don't want to. And it's coming across like that to me when I yeah, watch I, it. And I think it look it reflects badly on WWE. I think they would do well. It's okay to promote it with commercials and everything, but or, or use guys that genuinely like wrestling within the Fox yeah. community, not these guys that don't. It comes off very poor in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I know myself personally, I, I would say about 90% of the people that uh, the guy, especially males that I meet will say, I used to watch wrestling. Yes. You know, I used to watch it. I, I used to love Hogan, Undertaker. And when you show those clips and those people are mentioning Bruno and Hogan, it just reinforces that. And so anyone yes. tuning in, seeing that, it just reinforces that the, the good wrestling was in the past. And why should we care about Sorry. today's? Because it's not the same. And exactly. it's, it comes off that way. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, AEW Dynamite dropped a little bit in viewership. Uh, if, you, if you're just counting the TNT viewership, it only it dropped 0.4 percent. It did 1.014 million viewers, uh, beating NXT again by a lot. NXT did 712,000 viewers, so AEW topped it by 42.4 percent, a sizable amount. In the 18 to 49 demo, which is the prime demo, NXT was always thought to be the cool brand. With that demo, it topped it by 120 percent. AEW did a 0.44 rating in that demo compared to 0.20 for NXT. So decisive victory again for AEW. AEW slipping a little bit, but not too much. It looks like this is kind of where its viewership is going to be settling in that one million mark. Whereas NXT, it, it has suffered bigger drops, but I think it's probably going to be settling to the 600, 700, 800,000 mark. I think, yeah. And I think it's even too early still to say with AEW, if that 1 million mark is going to hold or if it's going to rise, or I think it's just so early. What are we three weeks in? Yeah. I think it's really going to be decided upon by their storylines and, and talent development and the, and the product they put out. I'll say thus far, I love what AEW the vibe and the feel that they are putting out. I love the excitement from the crowds. I haven't watched NXT outside of flipping over last week really quick. And it was a commercial, I think. I went right back to AEW. That I've been watching that because I'm from from my standpoint, I'm more interested in what they're doing and watching some of these things. I do think and they're trying they're putting storylines in place, they're putting some things and they're laying the groundwork. It's gonna take time in just doing this and they're going out there. I I, I didn't I didn't like the main event. I love Chris. I think they and this is just me, and I don't know what the ratings were for that main event, and I don't know if you have that. But I think, and I don't know what they're going to me. And I love, Darby Allen, I think, is really fucking talented. I think it was such a mismatch appearance-wise. It looked like Jericho was wrestling a little kid to me. And it doesn't. I'm looking at it from a standpoint of how people view wrestling and tuning in. And again, and the match was great. Everything was good as far as, but I, you could tell watching it, it, it to me, and we know it's entertainment, it's not believable. Because Chris is a big guy for being, he's not, he was never one of the biggies, but he's a thick fucking guy. And he's, mm -hmm. it, to me, it just came off very, I felt like I was watching Jericho play wrestle with a little kid. If that, yeah. and, and I've seen Jericho be much more intense and vicious and Jericho's a tough motherfucker. And I felt like it, what I, what, I just didn't get the same 
I didn't feel like I was watching a Monday Nitro or WWE Raw big-time main event on that, even mm-hmm. though Jericho is a big-time main event. And that's yeah. just my opinion on it. And it could be maybe other people have a difference, but I'm curious to see. I think you got to build up more. And that wasn't the main event, I'm sorry. It was just, right? Or was it? Uh, that was the main event. That was the yeah. main event. Sorry, yeah. It just, uh, I don't know. It had a little bit of a weird vibe to me on that end, and that's just me watching it from a, from an outside point of view. Again, super talented. There's weight divisions in UFC and stuff for a reason with that. And I've always really big on that. And like even a guy like Mysterio, he's a thicker guy, though. There's just something about him energy-wise that's different. And maybe that is there with Darby. I just didn't feel it right away on yeah. that from, from my standpoint. It seemed a little weird for a main event to me. But I know that, again, the roster, they got to do whatever they could do right now and just keep building it and, and whatnot. And again, you do make stars by putting them in there with guys like Chris, it just looked too... Darby hasn't been built up and up enough, in my opinion, to have that kind of match with Chris, psychology-wise, yeah. is, is what I'm getting at. And to your point, that the main event lost 8% uh, yeah. you know, through from the, the segment before. So. I wanted to shut it off myself. I didn't, but I, I go, I'm going to watch this so I could talk about it. And it's not, nothing against the guys. It's just I think Darby hasn't been built up as a credible threat for a world championship match, in my opinion, from a wrestling fake storyline perspective to suspend your belief for that kind of match with Chris. Cause Chris having his arms tied behind his back and took everything he had to beat Darby Allen, who is at this point of the game, the equity in him is not anything in pro wrestling yeah. where it will be in time. Yeah. So, and to your point, Matt Morgan, who does our, our review shows on wrestling Inc. He, he loved, he loved the show. But he lost his mind with Marco Stunt being in that match and being competitive and uh, just being in that ring with those guys. And it's kind of kind of the same thing, but even more exaggerated. A uh, <laughs> lot of mixed feelings with Marco Stunt being in there. But I think I had I had a friend of mine during that match who never watches wrestling. It uh, was changing channel, texted me and said, it looks like there's a fan wrestling on this yeah. show. I just think if you're getting these first time viewers, a lot of, you know, the hardcore fans, maybe they don't care about the visuals uh, of what it looks like. The with problem is the hardcore guys, fans they, like these guys because they remind them of themselves and that gives mm-hmm. them hope that they can do it. That's not yeah. how you create a business. I'm sorry. It's not. And it's a, you don't go to a movie. If Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't look like he could kick your ass in Terminator and they had a little 130 pound skinny person trying to beat up machines, you wouldn't believe it. Right. It's insulting to your intelligence. That's the part of pro wrestling that has gone out the window right now. That That's why people are tuning out. My yeah. opinion. If you're casting a Rocky movie, you're not going to cast an out of shape, no. you know, fat guy, you know, as the as the big opponent at the end. It's just you just don't do it, and it's because perception is reality and how people perceive you. And again, I understand, but there's a fine line in all of this of, of a balancing act. And like a guy like Marco Stunt can be a star in pro wrestling, but you can't. This is the problem with a lot of today's wrestlers. This is why I said older wrestlers are superior psychology wise. Because being a good wrestler today, all it requires is, oh, I know 150 moves. We go in there and we each do 150 moves. That's not being a good pro wrestler. It's knowing that you're a little guy and that you need to have psychology and that the stuff that you do, you need to be fighting from underneath and that your one punch isn't the same one punch as a 300-pound guy. And it's that you're selling your ass off. You're not coming right back up, no selling moves. and do Because you throw away the history of pro wrestling. And I'm telling you, Raj, today's guys as a whole don't understand that. And that is why the ratings have gone down because psychology was put in place to suspend the audience belief for a reason. 
we have thrown out the rule book on pro wrestling in, in a way, and it is hurting the business. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think when people say that, uh, well, today's fans don't care. Well, that that today's fans, that fan base is dropping and dropping and the yes. ratings keep dropping. You need to get those casuals back. And those casuals, they're watching sports. And if you saw a guy, Marco Stunt size, fighting a guy. Phoenix me and Marco size, Stunt having a match. Mind. Imagine me and Marco Stunt. If that's, but based off today's psychology, I make my big return to AEW. I come back. We have a main event match with me and Marco Stunt. And we do 45 minutes just trading moves the whole time. Does that, is that, does that doesn't work? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. because people, it doesn't, it's, so yeah. there is a fine line and balancing act. And I, I do believe Cody, I believe, and I think even what I'm watching right now, everything they said and what I'm seeing, I think they will be smart enough to adjust and evolve this to appease both worlds. I think they're going to be much more open-minded than WWE, even though they just don't have the depth of a WWE yet. But I think if they can just stay afloat here and keep improving this, they're going to stand a good chance to succeed. If they, if little things like that, and it, it, that that stuff could be fixed, but you got to be very careful. I think of just plugging pieces, spokes into the wheel into this. There is a real thing to superstars and megastars, and and it's in psychology and pro wrestling. So it's it, yeah. to me, it's a it's spitting in the face of everyone who sacrificed their lives for this and held it up for all that time. And then we're our generation and, and the fan base has kind of thrown it away in a way. And I get it. It's entertainment. It's fake. You can do whatever you want, but you can't throw away. Can't have big show wrestling Marco stunt for 30 minutes trading moves. It doesn't work. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah. And and to be fair, it wasn't supposed to be Marco stunt in that uh, spot. It was supposed to be Luchasaurus, but he uh, had a ham- got a hamstring yeah. injury while working out before the match. So uh, it was changed. Uh, final story uh, this this week: uh, Mike Kanellis, um, who just recently resigned with WWE, asked for his release on Twitter, kind of following up with Sean Spears, who did that earlier this year and actually got his release. Uh, Luke Harper requested his release as well, and they extended his contract. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, Mike and Maria Kanellis had signed new contracts with WWE back in June. Uh, here we are a few months later, and he wrote that he asked for his release. It hasn't been granted yet that we know of uh, as of this writing, I mean, as of this uh, airing. He said he's been with the company for almost three years, uh, but he wants to work. He, he's tired of just you know, working one day a week. Yeah. He hasn't been working house shows. And he says he wants to do long matches in front of UK crowds, German crowds, Japanese crowds. He's 34 years old. He's signed with WWE for five years. So if he were to stay under, you know, with them the whole time, he'd be 39 by yep. the time he's out. So yeah, it, 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 you know, if he saw what happened to Luke Harper, it didn't work out well for him as far as getting his release, but uh, Mike taking to Twitter and uh, going for it. And I don't know if he had asked them also, and then they kind of didn't give. Sometimes what will happen is he'll go if you do that, and then we'll, we'll get back to you. Or he went to Carano, and then Carano just doesn't say anything to Hunter and Vince, and nothing happens. And then you get frustrated, so then you go voice your opinion on Twitter. And I don't know, he could have talked to Vince or Hunter, not there, very well may have. And so, But the, ultimately, we, we go to social media, then the company has no choice but to kind of acknowledge it because it's being talked about. So I understand that the psychology of doing all that. And I've done that on different things as well. I think he needs to get out of there because what they have done to him is when there were issues going on and they'd been vocal and Maria has uh, been vocal in the past. And then they resigned those contracts, whatever they resigned for, which was a good enough amount of money for them is not shit to WWE. I've seen them throw and I'm talking to people there that have got a good amount of money 
and they use you good for a quick little bit, and then they turn it, and then they start playing the games with you because you're just you're another toy. You signed over your rights for them to play with you, and I think Mike personally, I would never do the storyline that they're doing. I would, I would, I would, I would go in there, and I would, I would, I wouldn't do it. And he should have. And, and again, it's up to you if you want to play that role. What they're doing though is people have to understand is they're humiliating him, not just from a wrestling standpoint, but from a, a man standpoint to make him look like a little bitch, that he's like a cuck, that he's just this this kind of just little bitch that his wife just runs all over and 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 he's a shitty pro wrestler by, based off how they use him. He doesn't stand up for himself. He, he's And that there, so what they do is they do that to you. So then on social media, he handles those ramifications from the people that think it's real and the fan that talk shit and whatnot, because they know that you're going to go through all that when you do that and whatnot, if you are on social media. And then there's going to be no payoff with him. He's not going to come out of this and be the the fucking man after this. He's going to get run down. Eventually the angle, he's going to be made to look like an even bigger bitch. And then they're going to not be on TV for a bit. And then they either fire him eventually, or they'll just occasionally put him in other story, um, random matches. And people, your value just keeps getting brought down and brought down and brought down and brought down. So then by the time that the five-year contract is up, if he stayed, he has no value. He is in, he is glued. The vision is glued in people's eyes that he is a loser. And it Mm -hmm. makes it really hard for him to do other things in life because the perception of you is that you are a loser. And at, at the on the ultimate loser, and it's so. I think he is wise to get out of there, and he's he's not going to be allowed to go out there and have good matches with people or have time. And like I said, for people that is from a creative standpoint, that if guys were just allowed to go on live events and have twenty minute matches and then go on TV and do whatever, which was my case a lot of the times, which I was fulfilled on live events, and I got to go out there and get the reactions that I that I could get and, and have the matches that I know I could have. And then TV, oh, you're going to do a three-minute squash. Okay, that gets me more over with the audience that we're going for. Or you're going to go and, and not have a long match and you're going to lose, but it doesn't reflect how you're wrestling on the live events. But if you're not getting that and you're sitting at home, it'll drive you crazy if you have nothing else going on. So Yeah. And I know sometimes people will make the comparison to movies and be like, well, you know, couples, you know, are, are you know, make out with other actors all the time. But this wrestling is different. I it mean, these different. are it's a real life couple on screen and they're saying uh, that the baby might not be theirs. You don't you don't see that in a TV show. You don't see that in a movie where a real life couple is playing a couple in a show and, and embarrassing one person and saying that they might not be the father of their real life yeah. wife's child. This no. is a direct result of Vince and the mind games they play with people. This is why people, this is, I'm 100% right on every, I, I've been there, I've seen it, I've gone through it on different things. And like it, I can tell you for a fact, Rusev, that whole angle, he's in yeah. contract negotiations right now. I think he's, I, I love Rusev, I talked to him. I think he's fucking stupid for doing this angle. And I mean that for, for and it's acting and it's fake, but they now have control over your character over in a really shitty angle that could be humiliating if you choose not to resign. He's going to look horrendous in all of this. Because yeah. I that and they they got him. They put him in a shitty angle while contract negotiations negotiations are going on. And if he resigns, it will probably work itself out and he's gonna look really good in it. And then they're gonna use him good for a bit, and then it's gonna go back to what they've done, or he's gonna choose not to resign. And they are going to humiliate those two like no other. Mm-hmm. My opinion, but I've seen it done before. So, and he, yeah. and he put himself in that angle by, and it again, 
I love Rusev, and it, but that's what's going on in this situation and whatnot. And unless he did resign, and it's going to pay off huge for him, it's still a very with real life couples. It's a very odd thing. Yeah, and obviously you know WWE way way better, uh, I, but from people you know from everything I've heard about the company, seems like they would not grant his release just because they don't want other wrestlers doing that in the future and thinking that's the way to get out. That's what it seems like to me. Very possible. And and again, so in Spears could have done that, but Spears could have went to Vince and Mm -hmm. had a really good conversation and and was able to get out of it where, you know, and and again, I don't know if if Mike has and whatnot, but that is from a perception standpoint, that's the last thing they they are going to want is if talent go on social media and bitch and then get their way that for them is, well, we can't keep doing that. So it's very possible on that. Yeah. Well, uh, it was a loaded week. Uh, And thanks again for having me. Uh, uh, Great being here as always. Thank you, Raj. Anything you'd like to plug this week? Uh, just keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. We had tons of interviews. We talked about ODB. Our interview with ODB yes. was up this week. Her food truck burned down. You can help donate on Indiegogo. And and I believe you spoke with her as well, right? Yes, correct. Yep. And that's hopefully, I don't know where she's at. I got to check back in on that, but hopefully she's uh, on her way to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yes, just, just keep checking out Wrestling Inc. And, and we appreciate it. Good deal. Well, Raj, thank you very much. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with BetOnline.ag. This week, I'm not watching any of the game, guys, because you know the big guy Ryback doesn't watch much sports, to be quite honest. But I'm not against it at all, and if you love sports and you love betting, BetOnline.ag is your place, because now you can save an extra 50% added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus, and please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop for online betting. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. FuelMeals.com. Feed me more. All right, we're back here. Big thank you, Raj Geary, as always, coming on the Wrestling Report with Wrestling Inc. And I'm going through my my notes here, guys. Just forgive me. A lot going on with the big guy this week, dealing with a difficult tenant and uh, with a water heater situation that we've taken care of instantly and uh, they were making it a million times more difficult. So the joys of being a landlord, which we're probably going to eventually sell the place 
for a nice little profit here very, very shortly. But that's a whole other situation. Just the joys of being a landlord. It's, it's, there's no joys in it whatsoever. <laughs> People that are ungrateful and you literally bend, bend over backwards for and they're just ungrateful. So it's, uh, but it's good. It's good to, to be aware of that. Thank you to Carlin Crouch, though, this week for joining me on the show. It was a pleasure to get to speak to her. I like it when people come in person to the studio. It gives it creates a cool little uh, vibe and dynamic in here. And uh, so big thank you to her. Very, very smart, intelligent woman with the newbie device. I look forward to trying that and seeing how it works for myself. Thank you to our sponsors for this week's show, Real Good Foods, realgoodfoods.com. You can save 15% with discount code Ryback. Fuel Meals, fuelmeals.com, my personal meal prep service with, with a chicken and steak, broccoli, rice, potatoes, all kinds of meal prep at your doorstep. Very affordable. Go to fuelmeals.com, save 15% with discount code, the big guy. Been with them for years, guys. I dig them. I love them. Feed Me More Nutrition, my all natural supplement line, sweetened with stevia and monk fruit, available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. And you can save 10% with discount code podcast10 from this show. And I got to, we're cutting down a lot of our percentages on the discounts, guys. We got a little too lenient with that. And uh, obviously in going through the books and, and looking at reports and seeing and seeing what we actually uh, had lost in profit margins by doing too many 25% discounts and 20% discounts. So uh, those are going to be no more, especially with our profit margins being much smaller as they were. And it's, again, it, it's, we, we did them for quite a bit for you guys, and I'm happy to do it. And like I said, we sales have been better month after month, and this month we're on pace to shatter last month's, and it, it's amazing. But we a lot of lost revenue, which inhibits our growth even further, and a lot of the things I'm trying to do with the company. So it's discounts are going to be 10% uh, for the most part, and that's just me being transparent and honest about the situation. We sent out a newsletter to all the Feed Me More Nutrition brand supporters, on that and you know eventually you know when we do a black friday sale or a special promotion we'll we'll most likely do a 20 25 promotion uh for the big days uh you know a holiday promotion here and there but standard 10 percent is going to be kind of the 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 norm on all of that moving forward big thank you to bio accelerator the stem cell company that flew me down to medellin, medellin colombia they're working on all the top wwe and ufc stars if you have any ailments or injuries or things that you've been told you need surgery and you don't want to go that route. I've had 14 stem stem cell procedures on my back and shoulder since leaving uh, WWE guys. My back is is nearly is all I don't I don't know if I could say all better. I don't have any pain like I did and I'm able to functional and able to do working out and deadlifting and squatting again, rebuilding my strength. My shoulders still, we're doing daily rehab on this. I start my workout videos tonight, actually, today for the Feed Me More uh, on Ryback TV, Feed Me More Fitness. So check that out. That will be dropping this week on the Ryback TV, youtube.com slash Ryback TV on that. But BioAccelerator, guys, the stem cell company, they they use umbilical cord stem cells, state-of-the-art facility in Medellin, Colombia. Go to www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves. That's www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback Dash Reeves. Spit it out, Junior. I have so much going on, guys. And they got the, the tenant messaging during the thing with when I'm doing the wrestling report with Raj. She's been blowing it up the last few days on this being extremely difficult. So it is what it is. And I'm doing my best to try to be professional and stay calm with a smile on my face. But sometimes you're just like, ah!
<sighs> Breathe, big guy. All right. Quote of the week this week. Motivational thought of the week this week. It is by Epicurus. A man who causes fear cannot be free from fear. A man who causes fear cannot be free from fear. What does that mean? I'll give you what my take on it is. Is I read that and the first thing I think of is try our best not to make enemies. I think that's a pretty good philosophy, a good, uh, good message uh, to try to keep in our heads more times than not, especially in this day and age. It's not always easy. And obviously there's different situations and different things. And I can tell you firsthand in WWE and a lot of the things that happened with them and treating them as an enemy and what they do is then they put out false narratives and create hate for the person and, and whatnot. But there is a line there where you got to stand up for yourself and defend yourself and which I have done all along the way. But you have to be careful when you make enemies, negativity is always going to kind of be around whether you want it or not. And it's out of your control. That's kind of what I get from this and, and with fear and this message, a man who causes fear cannot be free from fear. And that, uh, and I've noticed that, like I said, and by me, you know, standing up for myself, it, it's caused more negativity from outside things that have nothing to do with me. Other people in WWE have working relationships with the sports during Bleacher Report. And then that feeds all the dirt sheets and the dirt sheets feed a lot of the inner hardcore fan base, which then comes back to me. It's false, not true, but coming back at me. So try not to create enemies. It's a really tough thing. I'm not, I'm not great at it at all because I, I punch me. I'm going to fucking knock you out. So it's just the way that that's instilled inside of me, but I try my best still. And as far as in regular life, everyday situations, um, not having falling out, having falling, having a falling out with someone, or if there is a disagreement trying to, again, this fucking townhouse trying to control the emotions and keep the peace because create fear. It's going to come back with negativity and it's just kind of, it's a never ending game. So it's uh, even whether you're right or wrong, it, it kind of can always come back at you is, and that that's a very good quote. And I do agree with it in a lot of ways. It's not always easy. I think we all can all agree on that and whatnot, but it's uh, try not to create enemies better off just ending it peacefully and not having communication, but not going out with a gunshot. <laughs> because again, if you shoot me in the leg, I'm going to shoot you in the head. So if we just don't, don't pull out the guns, guys, <laughs> that's the thing. But even if I do get shot in the leg, I need to maybe learn to just put a bandage on it. And then, you know what? That motherfucker would have been dead if I wanted to fire back, but I'm not going to fire back really tough. I'll be the first one to admit that. I don't know if I like this quote now. <laughs> Oh, man. That's my message of the week. Very blurred, blurred the lines on this week's message of the week. <laughs> shoot, but if you can control it, try not to shoot. We're not perfect. Cool. Don't, don't make enemies, guys. Ah, man. Trying to look over here if there's anything else I want to go ahead and get in this week. I noticed uh, it was brought to my attention today, Jim Ross and Conrad. They had a little discussion. And a lot of good words on there, actually, by Jim about myself, but uh, I'm hoping I'm going to try to get Conrad and eventually Jim on here and uh, had like to have a nice discussion with him. And I've talked to Conrad before the, uh, cause you could tell Jim had, there was some um, things that were not factual stated by Jim. And I think it's because he's been fed wrong information and doesn't have the facts on everything. And that's okay. Not that he didn't, but that's kind of goes back to that narrative. WWE will 
form relationships and we'll put out certain things and then people read it and they believe it is true. And we'll talk about that more though. And I'll try to see if we get Conrad on here eventually, maybe, maybe for the, the following week's show. And, uh, cause I've been wanting to have him on anyways, cause I, I like Conrad a lot. He's, I like Jim a lot too. I've done Jim's show and whatnot, but Jim wasn't around in WWE while I was there outside of a, a couple appearances, which we did a segment together on TV. So, um, but he had, he had some really good kind words and, I just don't think he understands everything going on uh, and why I left to begin with and uh, outside of what he thinks he read or was told and which I've been up honest and upfront from the beginning with all this. So it is what it is and uh, it doesn't make him a bad guy or anything like that. So, but with that guys, big thank you to wiretap radio CLNS media for all fan mail, please send a PO box seven, five, two, seven, four, zero Las Vegas, Nevada, eight, nine, one, three, six. Cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback for personal video shout outs, all professional wrestling bookings, appearances, or inquiries, anything appearance wise, fitness expos, book the big guy at yahoo.com. Not that we're going to do anything. I'm pretty locked down with Sophie, but we'll see if I can somehow work something out. We will see Ryback TV. We're over 120, I believe 125 or 26,000 subscribers now on Ryback TV. And uh, that thing continues to grow massively. And I'm hoping the, the Feed Me More Fitness workout videos uh, will add an, an extra layer and dimension to this and show you guys as I get myself back in peak shape. And uh, only, you know, starting these about a month back in the gym. Got a lot of work to do. But showing you guys the workouts that I do on a daily basis and have done, even while injured, you know, just not at the weights that I normally would use. But a lot of volume, a lot of intensity, and I think you guys are going to dig it. So hopefully you get a chance to tune into Ryback TV and check that out. Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, my motivational book available on Amazon, on Audible, Kindle, and paperback formats. Also, we are selling those on feedmemore.com. If you want a signed copy of the Wake Up, It's Feeding Time book, you can now purchase those on the feedmemore.com website. And all Feed Me More nutrition orders come with a signed Ryback photo, guys. We've been doing that now for a bit here. People seem to be digging it. So all orders with Feed Me More Nutrition come with a signed Ryback photo as well. Social media, the big guy Ryback22 on Instagram, Feed Me More Nutrition in conversation with the big guy on Instagram. I'm Ryback22 on Twitter, Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, and Ryback247 on Snapchat. Thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Feed me more. with the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and